Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Strike, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast with a British twist. I'm your host, Paul, and I'm joined tonight by two of my fellow co-hosts. We're still missing uh, Craig, but first of all, Mr. Tony Bufton. Evening all. And also, Mr. Joshua Riley. Hello there. So top of the show i i'd just like to to thank our previous guest from the last episode uh, jim hill he he really gave some great insight into into the history of the marvel studios i thought going all the way back to kind of the 80s and the 90s and and gave some really detailed history i think hearing about the the fact that he's got uh james cameron's original script for spider-man was just mind-blowing wow yeah um and then to talk about what's coming to the theme parks all those rules and and regulations between the contracts and and just just the deals that were made to to get these tv shows going and these films going was just mind-blowing so thank you very much for that jim yeah Um, thanks we'll obviously welcome you back for another show later on i know I know we want to come on and talk about the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disneyland, so hopefully I'll be on before too long. That that opens in the next month or so. So, um, also, I just want to say we've kind of we kind of tested the the quote thing, and we've come to the conclusion that it's kind of slowing down our opening, uh, introducing who's on the show and things like that. So we're going to change it up a little bit, and we're going to. Every month we're going to give you a random Marvel quote that kind of links to our, our subjects that we're talking about. So this, this month it's, it's landed on me. So, so my, my random fact is that uh, Jim Shooter, who was uh, the Marvel's, Marvel's editor-in-chief in the 1980s, actually bought the idea um, for Spider-Man's black costume from a fan. He paid $220, oh, $220 he paid for this idea. And he actually gave oh, wow. a shot at writing the comic, but it didn't actually work. So it ended up ah. getting passed to one of their, their real real writers. Um, but yeah, $220 Burnham cost to buy. Oh. <laughs> so I thought that was a really quite a cool fact. And, and that, as I said, it will, will link into to one of our main subjects tonight. We're, we're going to talk, first of all, we're going to give a quick review of Iron Fist. Again, we've kind of looked at what works and what doesn't. We're going to keep this short and sweet and kind of keep it to, to how we feel about the show, not kind of dissecting it. I think I don't think going into detail really really works. I think everybody else, mm-hmm. you can go out and see what the show's about yourself or, or even read a review on comicbook.com or, or wherever. Uh, yep. I, think, I think we want to talk about kind of how we felt about it more than going in depth so that's that's the the first subject and and linking into to my random fact we're going to talk about the new rumored spider cinematic universe uh over at sony mm. um and where that's going to take us in the future with spider-man within the mcu and whether it's going to take him away from that so so there are two main subjects i think there's a quite a hefty couple of subjects there so so let's start with iron fest um, we saw a lot of talk before it even came out that it wasn't being particularly well received. What did you guys think about it? Josh, uh, well, I was just going to say that 
I don't quite get the hate from it. It, it, it. At times, it didn't engage me as much as some of the others, but I don't quite get all the, the hate that was flying around and some of the bile that was being launched at it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at one headline from The Telegraph now, which I think was an interview last month, where it said, Iron Fist star Finn Jones, how does it feel to be the world's most hated superhero? And uh, it, that just seems like too on the nose to me. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. I still think it, it, it's some way off Daredevil standards. Well, um, yeah. And also, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a hard sell anyway, because I'm not the world's biggest martial arts movie kind of fan. So the fighting occasionally left me cold anyway. And I didn't find myself wincing in the same way that I did during the stuff like in Daredevil. Um, but it was all right. I thought for the most part it was more engaging than the second half of Luke Cage, and it certainly. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm completely with Tony on that. I don't understand why it got as much hate. I mean, like Tony said, I'm not. I'm also not a massive martial arts fan. I am 18. I did not grow up in that era, but like I thought, the fighting was good. Like the fight, the choreography for fighting was good. I actually thought the storytelling was quite good, but. Mm. I could. There's always going to be bits. You're never ever going to have a perfect season where you're going to say that's good, that's good, that's good. There's nothing wrong with it. Never. You couldn't watch Iron Fist and basically say I would tweak that by doing this, this, and this. I would tweak that and I tweak that and I tweak that. That's all I'd, I'd say about it. I can see where people would say, oh, that was a bit crap. But overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think the problem, for, certainly for the press, for the fact that they were only shown the first six episodes, mm. I really yeah. think that did yeah. take its toll on what they were reporting on. Because for me, I think all of the series have started fairly slowly. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have, to, you have to build up character and stuff, don't yeah. you? It's a 13 episode series. Yeah, it was it probably in the opposite way to, to Luke Cage, because Luke Cage, had obviously, we already knew him as a character. And yeah. I think those first six episodes probably sold it really, really well because we already knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. we've all said that after that, it becomes a fairly run-of-the-mill show. Mm. Yeah. Whereas for me, Iron Fist is completely the other way around. You get past those first few episodes and that storyline begins to pick up. Yeah. Mm. Is that what, what I, I watched it. I mean, my dad used to watch the martial arts films when he was younger, and he said, oh, I want to watch this, because apparently that's what it's supposed to be like. So I, I sat and watched it with him, and we got through the first six episodes, and I said to him, just tell me after watching those first six, what did you think? And he said, I don't really know whether I want to continue with it. And I went, why is it boring or something? He said, no, I just don't, I'm not really getting into it. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to stick with it because that's the kind of person I am. And I, I'm quite glad I did. Very glad. Yeah. So then looking at, at the characters, obviously, we've got Danny. Yeah. We know really what he's about. We know where he's coming from. Um, what did you think about him as a character? Because a lot of people have t compared him to being like a teenage boy. Um, mm. And that he doesn't really, mm. he doesn't really engage as, as a character as this, this superhero that he's meant to be. And I know I've heard stories now that he says that the defenders is more, 
his coming of age series than mm. Iron Fist was. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I think it was very much. It was a strange story in terms of him finding his place compared to some of the others. I thought. Um, and I think possibly the fact you've got it, there's those two stories going on with him finding a place within the family and the firm and also his place as Iron Fist sometimes didn't quite gel together maybe yeah no I, I can certainly see that and oh, quite clearly they, they went for a different story didn't they, they yeah they didn't yeah. want to sell him as this out and out superhero already they, they wanted to show him that he had problems yeah and don't get me wrong, I like Finn Jones. I've met the guy. Lovely guy. Um, I don't think he was all the time given the greatest scripts. Mm. I think this was as much as... So you're I saying don't... it's down to the writing, sort of? Yeah. yeah it's... As much as I didn't like Luke Cage, the writing within the story was, I thought was good. Selling the characters, I thought, was good. It was just the overall storyline that I didn't like. Whereas Funny you say that about the scripts, Paul, because I know one or two people I've spoken to who didn't really engage with the show said one of the problems they had with it was a lot of his dialogue. Yeah. Uh, of the sort, the, the sort of very prof- quote quote profound stuff that he has to spite. Yeah. No, I can certainly see that, and hopefully, within being back around people, that will change within well, the defenders and. And whatever comes next for him. Mm. Well, I, I sort of thought, right, I know I've said this loads of times before when we've talked about Iron Fist, but it was going to get compared to Arrow because of the flashback things. Yeah. And even though that was hardly ever in it, I think they should have added in more and just risked the comparisons with Arrow. Yeah, I can, I can certainly see why they haven't, but I also feel that it would have bettered the series if they chose. Because yeah. really, it doesn't give a huge explanation of what he's been through. No. no. We see him you in don't, You don't empathise with that character for no. going through a, no. a trial of some sort to no. earn a reward at the end. No. No, completely agree with that, that, that it does lack any substance to what he's been through. Um, yeah. And hopefully mm-hmm. now it's, he's an established character, we might see a bit more of that. Yeah. Um, but as a character, I didn't mind him. I just felt he was a bit wet with what he was saying. <laughs> so yeah. the, ne- the next thing I was going to bring up before we move on to, to the new characters, there was obviously two returning characters from previous series. Um, yeah. And they've kind of split me down the middle in how I felt they belonged in the series. So let's talk Madame Gao first. I absolutely love Madame Gao in this. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. brilliant mm. int- uh, inclusion in this, I think. we hadn't Really seen, interesting. Yeah. yeah, we hadn't seen a lot of her, obviously, in Daredevil. She kind of flitted around in the background and never really given much away as to what she actually was or who she was. But Iron Fist really laid that Brought story right before. in front of us, yeah. yeah. What I actually ever... thought she was like what against like the likes of Kilgrave and um oh what King Kingpin against them too. I'd say she is now in my top three Netflix, uh, Netflix villains. She's overtook um Luke Cage's villain, 
who I will not talk about because he's just a poor excuse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. She's de- she's definitely up there. I'd actually probably put her above Kingpin now. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm much more well, of a, a fan of Purple Man than I was Kingpin. Oh, no, I... I oh, you got me thinking now. Oh, Kingpin would still come out top for me. I think he's quite a, such a well-nuanced character. Yeah, so he, was, he, he was really developed. That's why I loved him. Where, where for me, see, see, well, I have a problem with Kilgrave. For me, he was just, uh, me, Kilgrave was just nothing more than a glorified stalker who happened to have a superpower. I just found oh, him no, really, I, really creepy. And if he didn't yeah, have his superpower, like just, you just want to punch him on the nose if he didn't have his superpower. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's, the, that's the kind of villain you want. You want a villain that you hate. Yeah, but you want him to have a better motivation than just being a creepy stalker dude, as far as I'm concerned. Which I is all he was to me. Well, yeah, but I thought he would have had a motivation because he was, he was severely experimented on by his parents. And he wanted revenge, practically. Mm. I, I just feel that you need that sort of character that gets under your skin. Yeah. And, and for me, that's what Kilgrave did. Yeah. He, got, he, got into, he gets into your head. And that's just what, kind of why I like Jessica Jones because of that, that whole feeling. And it's possibly why I didn't connect so much with Luke Cage. Yeah. Because neither of those villains got in my head at all. Yeah, because Diamondback just appears out of nowhere, and yeah, just there was no point in them. If if that if Luke Cage was just Luke Cage going around beating up gangs and sorting out. Like parlays between two rival gangs, I'd have been sound with that. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. What did you think of the other major villain in this? Oh, um, um, played by David Wenham. Oh, what what was his name? Ba- Harold. Van. Harold the dad. Harold, yeah. The oh, Harold. Yeah. What you meant to him? The, uh, the the black guy. What's oh, his name? Yeah. Um, the one that's going to be the villain for the the second series. Yeah, and his name has completely gone out of my head. Uh, yeah, Baku. Baku. That's it. Bakutu. Is it? That's it. Bakutu. Kudu. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, Raymond Kudu. Rodriguez played him. Um, yeah, it was. They were they, kept, they were kind of flitting between multiple villains, weren't they? Because they've obviously set, yeah. up, set up Davos for the next season, haven't they? Yeah, oh, seems I like to Davos. Be. I like Davos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Davos was a cool guy. But yeah, going back to to Harold, I'm a I'm a fan of David Wenham. Um, yeah, obviously been in a few things. He was in Van Helsing, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he obviously was in Lord of the Rings, played a huge part and, in yeah. the Lord of the Rings series. Um, um, and and three hundred. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's been in a lot of a lot of stuff over the years. Um, yeah. and I actually really enjoyed his portrayal. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, especially it kind yeah. of it really did confuse you. You obviously honestly thought he was dead, and that was it. He mm. wasn't coming back. And then that yeah. scene when they brought him back, when he comes out of the <laughs> lake, it's just like, yeah. God, that's scary. You wouldn't that's... want his beast PA though, would you? <laughs> no, oh, God. you really wouldn't. I felt sorry for that fella as well. That kid, yeah, that, that actually I found quite moving because he, he was a genuine character, wasn't he? That kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't deserve that fate at all. No. The most emotional character out of all of them was the his Harold Meacham's PA. Yeah, 
Yeah. All he wanted was ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> All he so, uh, was ice cream. So you're on about the other returning character before. I'm guessing you mean Claire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. this completely threw me. I didn't think she fitted at all. I really mm. wish they hadn't have forced her into this series. And I could see, I could see why they had her in because she was sort of like um, a moralistic character. So like da- Danny would go to her and say like, "Well, what do you think I should do about this?" She'd give him advice, and then he'd completely go against it anyway because you know he's just a dick. Yeah. But <laughs> he. Like, I could see why they put it in, because obviously she's supposed to be the connecting character, but I actually thought she had a purpose in this series. Mm. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with Josh in that respect. She, she, they gave her more to do, but whether, Paul, you think that that was the problem? Yeah, yeah. it possibly the... was. It, it was forcing her into places that she didn't really need to be. Mm. Like, when, mm. they, when they went off to... To Asia, whichever country it was, I can't even remember now where they went. Yeah, and it just—it was like she didn't need to be there. Mm. Then like, again, if she hadn't have been, they'd have been killed. But you know. Yeah, but I'm sure they would have found a better way of getting them out. Um, and but, it, it I just, do sit there. I say, I do sit there watching her. I, I just wish you would call your other friends by their first name. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh God. Yeah. I've got a friend, Max. He's not hard, you know. No. Yeah. No. But yeah, I like Rosario Dawson. Don't get me wrong. It yeah. just, it yeah. just oh, yeah. didn't work for me. And and they've now confirmed that she isn't in the Punisher either. Yeah, um, I saw that. That annoyed me. That that annoyed me because I she, can understand she would that. Give Frank Castle a grilling and a half. Seriously. Yeah, but you've already got Deborah Ann Wall, who's going to do do that job, isn't she? So. Yeah, but it's nice to have two women, especially mm. two very good-looking women. But, you know, that's beside the point. But uh, moving on from that, obviously, let's move talking back, of. <laughs> moving back to the, to the family, uh, Harold's children. Now, I think they've split a lot of people's thoughts. I, I've seen people not particularly like them, but then I've seen other reports saying that they're the best thing about it. Oh, I wouldn't say they're the best thing about it. I think Ward is a very good character, needed a little bit more development, but Joy just was completely unnecessary, apart from the M&M's bit. That's it. <laughs> very, very nice, though. <laughs> Who the hell doesn't like the, the brown M&M's? Uh, but Ward, I thought, was a really interesting character. I really didn't engage him at all as a star of the show, but as it went on and on, yeah. he yeah. grew into one of the more interesting characters, I thought. As he, as he started to kind of lose the plot, <clears throat> yeah. I think he became far more interesting because he, he was taking mm-hmm. more risks within the story, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, certainly killing his dad. Well, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like that, That's where they fleshed him out a bit. They gave him a bit more depth. And that's mm. why when I started to think he's going to do something completely mental and I'm going to like this. <laughs> yeah. And he did. Yeah, so, so for me, I agree that Ward was a far better character. I didn't mind Joy. I thought there was a, a kind of... It was kind of a connection that you didn't quite understand what it meant between her and Danny. Yeah. Mm. You didn't quite get whether it was the brother or sister connection or whether it was boyfriend girlfriend material mm. at times yeah 
Um, there was a couple of times when you thought, oh, maybe Joy does have a different kind of love for him than what he thinks she has. Um, but then quite clearly, that was all a bit psycho of her. Yeah. And was kind yeah. of her trying to twist the knife in his back at times. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was, I was, I thought it was very interesting that she seems to be kind of left in a bit of a dark place at the, at the close of the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for next season, that's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. If they flesh it out a bit more, I'll probably change my mind about her. But as I stand at the minute, she is not particularly someone that I'm overly keen on at the minute. Yeah, I think I think the storyline was more about father son, wasn't it? Yeah. It was very very male centric story. If you think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You say that. Yeah, I thought for me the standout character was one of the girls. Yeah. Uh, I think I know what you're going to say, Tony. I think I know exactly what you're going to say. Well, there's, Go only, on, then. there's only one real character we've got left to talk about, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. And yeah. that's Colleen, obviously, Jessica Henwick. Another um, Game of Thrones. She... I love Colleen. She was fantastic. Probably one of my favourite characters in the entire MCU movies yeah. and TV. She's just great performance, Jessica Henwick. Wonderful character, and yeah, loved her. Thought it was great. The the twi- the this is just going spoiler territory right now, but the uh, the little twist right at the end of the well, sort of towards the end of the series, I thought that was quite unexpected actually, from when I was sat on the sofa, and then she comes out and goes, "Oh yeah, I'm part of the hand," and you're like, "Yes, okay then." <clears throat> Yeah, d- did not see that coming. No, really didn't did not see, see that, that coming. But um, yeah, and again, I'm I'm glad that she's she's going to make a an appearance in um, the Defenders. Completely yeah. lost lost my mind. Then I can remember what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing her interacting with the the other major female characters so obviously I've yeah. seen her with Claire but I'm really looking forward to seeing her with with the guys that we've already met like obviously she's part of another team up isn't she that we're yeah. likely to see now um, and I, again my brain has completely gone with the, the character of the police officer from, from Misty Knight Misty Knight that's it completely <coughs> brain's gone um Obviously, the, is it the Sisters of the Dragon? Yeah. Um, oh, no, Daughters of the Dragon. Daughters of the Dragon, that's it. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure we're likely to see hinted at during the Defenders. Um, I'm Personally, I'm still not convinced we're going to get another season of Iron Fist. I'm wondering whether we might get like Heroes for Hire tied up with, uh, with that spin-off as well. I would um, rather see Heroes for Hire because I don't... I know people do love Iron Fist in the modern day, but I still think he is not really stood the test of time because he was created in the martial arts uh, boom, shall we say. And I don't think he's sort of held up. So if he was just paired up with Luke Cage, I'd be completely fine with that. Yeah, and I think that's the the way they should go. I think, especially with them them adding these new series like Punisher... um, and it, it seems to be the way they're going with the films as well. Is that yeah. I mean, characters up rather than giving them all individual films. 
We're yeah. starting to see them team up. Like obviously, Ragnarok's going to see Hulk and Thor and Doctor Strange all in the same yeah. film. Um, Spider Man's obviously Spider Man and Iron Man. Yeah. Um, it seems to be the way they're going is kind of doing these mini team ups, so they don't kind of lose. I think a lot of people complained about after the Avengers that everybody just went off by themselves and no one else was starring in each other's films. Mm, and I, yeah. I think they've looked at that and gone, well, maybe we should just start doing team-up films. And maybe yeah. that's that's leaking into the TV series as well. Hopefully it is. Well, uh, because when uh, they did crossover comics, I don't mean like massive event comics like uh, like DC does Convergence or Marvel did the uh, Secret Wars and things like that. When they just did, like, say, like, Punisher went on to Spider-Man for a bit, or, uh, I don't know, yeah, even Doctor Strange went to Hulk, uh, Hulk or Thor or whatever, those comics sold the best. Those individual issues sold the best. So I think that's where they're thinking, oh, we'll make more money out of that. Yeah, and obviously we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp coming. Oh, yeah. Um, which I believe they've come out and now said that... Um, Eventually, Lily will have a big, much bigger role in that film. Really? Um, so, so yeah, that seems to be the way they're going. So, hopefully, that's what they do with the TV shows. So, yeah. let, let's go down Craig's line of rating. What would we give it out of 100? <laughs> Ooh. Mid-70s-ish, maybe. Yeah, late, late 60s, early 70s, something like I'd that. I'd say about a 78. Yeah, I I would probably agree with that. I would I would go somewhere between 75 and 80. I think. Mm. It's not it's not up there with the best shows they've done, but it's it's by no. far not the worst either. No, no. Um, I, it, and I think it's one where you're gonna have to look at it over time. Alongside yeah. the other shows, alongside his own second yeah. season and the Defenders to see how it rates. I yeah, think. I think once you put him up against those other characters, we'll really see where he is. Mm. So yeah. So bring on the Defenders. We've only got what four August, months? isn't it? Yep, four months. Yeah, like that. Yeah, more. August. Yeah. So and then obviously Punisher, I believe November. <coughs> yeah, I think so. Which I can't wait for. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to, for Frank to blow some heads off. <laughs> I'm ready for blood, guts, and gore. Yeah. Nice. So, moving on, let's talk. Well, there's so many rumours and, and stories going around. Let's talk first about Spider Man now being in the MCU. We've now been told that uh, Homecoming takes place only months after Civil War. Mm. Um, it's not moved with the same time that we're moving with. Yeah, that's interesting. Why do you think they've gone with that kind of time period? I, I don't like the, know. It's, I think it's going to be like the direct effect of Civil War on Tony's relationship with Peter. Yeah. That That's, that's, that's the only kind of sense I'm getting because I think that some of the villains might realise, oh, all the superheroes are now restricted by the government because of Sokovia Accords. We can now start running riots and mm. the government might not send them in if we're just robbing a little bank. So it'll be something like that. 
Yeah, but I also wonder if it's it's if it's allowed to allow them to set him aside a little bit from the main stories of the MCU. Yeah. Um, because of of Sony's long term plans. Yeah, possibly. For me, I'm wondering whether it's something to do with with Infinity War. Yeah. I'm wondering yeah. whether they're going to try and keep those stories separate and keep them at a different age so they can kind of progress him at a different rate in in the main MCU films. Mm. So mm. you're talking another year on from where Homecoming is to, well, it'll be two years, won't it? Yeah. By the time Infinity War yes. comes out. Yeah. That's a, a large chunk. Obviously, you know, Josh, you're a teenager at the moment. Two years is a yeah. long time for a teenager. Yeah, really is. Um, he's going to have changed dramatically between those two points. And I'm wondering... But not just that, Tom Holland is going to look a lot a lot older as yeah, well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering whether that's partially... Tony, I totally agree with what you're saying as well, that it's, it's setting it aside from from the MCU with what we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, mm. But obviously we've now had it confirmed that he's also in uh, Avengers Part 4. So we know he's, he's coming back up to that point. Um, yeah. It's Homecoming 2 after that, isn't it? I believe yeah. so, yeah. So, yeah, are, is, yeah. so the Marvel are at least... So that'll be, what, 2020? 19, something like that. 1920. Yeah, <clears throat> Infinity War is next year. Yeah. Then Part 2, or whatever you want to call it, Avengers 4, is 2019. So that means Homecoming must be 2020. Part, mm. uh, part two. So he's within the MCU for at least another three years. Yeah. Um, what What was the thing? I, I saw something on Facebook. I think it was just clickbait, to be honest. But I saw something where it said after Avengers 4, even though he's going to be in it, he is just gone. He's back to Sony indefinitely. Or is that well, just... Well, that's, this is that's where it. we're coming from. There's now obviously been the announcements that they're doing... Spider-Man spin-off movies at Sony. Yeah. We've got, obviously, the Venom spin-off. Um, yeah. We've also got the Black Cat and Silver Sable spin-off, um, which is coming. Um, there's not been any confirmation on anything else at the moment, um, but it's believed they were working on multiple other films um, that aren't linked to the MCU, by all accounts. Hmm. Yeah, I, I heard that the, that's meant to be centred around Andrew Garfield. No, that's that that's you're not gonna they're not gonna see Garfield coming back to the role. Well, no, maybe he's gonna be aged, you know, like a uh, uh, married to Mary Jane oh, Parker, you know, a lot older with kids. I not, don't know. Modern like, cinema goers like they are, that's not gonna fly, I don't think. You can't have mm-hmm. two spiders as Parker kicking around at the same time, I don't think. No, well, I mean, they're doing the Miles Morales, aren't they? Well, they're doing that's animated, animated, though, isn't it? Yeah. True, yeah. Which isn't linked to anything. They've, they've said that's not linked to their universe. It's not linked to the MCU. It's just a completely oh. separate thing. Now, I'm struggling to to work out what the hell they're doing. It's, it just doesn't make sense for them to walk away from something that's made Spider-Man so popular again. I guess it's. They're just shooting themselves in the foot. 
it's a difficult one, I guess, for Sony. That's I'm, I'm not going to defend them for any shape or form. But it's because he's kind of, if you look, you think of a Venn diagram, you've got you, MCU on that side and Sony on that side with Spidey sat there in the middle. And it, I guess it's an awkward one because you're never going to have a situation where you're going to see Black Cat interacting with the Avengers. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously, they've got this property that they want to milk it for all it's worth. Um, but, of course, they've made a rod for their own back now by letting Spidey into the MCU. You can't suddenly then just extract him completely. Exactly. Because, um, that, again, that's not going to fly with audiences. If suddenly Spidey's not even mentioned at some point down the line in the MCU films, people are going to go, hang on, what's happened to Peter Parker? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and that's... I've got to bring this up because it's been, it's been floating around for a few days. Obviously... James Gunn's now signed on for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. Um, but it's also, Kevin, Kevin Feige has mentioned that it's, um, it's not just Guardians that he's going to be in charge of. It sounds like he's letting James take control, kind of like Joss did. Ah, uh, uh, well, we know what happens with him, though, don't we? Yeah, well, he's bugged off to DC. Um, <laughs> but um, it sounds like it's certainly going to be more cosmic-based in the future. Mm. And I'm wondering I whether... Mind that. That. I mean, we've had a lot of tech-based and slightly space-based, haven't we? Yeah, so mm. I'm wondering whether that's how they're going to kind of get away from, from using characters like Spider-Man. Is that yeah. it's going to be a lot more set out of our cosmos, basically. I mean, we were chatting on text about this, Paul, weren't we, Richard? That, that, he, that takes away the issues with things like the Defenders as well, doesn't it? Yep, and it's yep. certainly... And people say... Yeah. Certainly gets you away from the issues of having to keep renewing Robert Downey Jr.'s contract, Chris Evans' contract. Um, mm. The only one you're really going to be looking at renewing on a regular basis would be Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. And to be fair, I know he's had a couple of roles in in bigger films. Yeah. But he's not he's not taken on that leading man role. Mm. More recently, I think Thor has been his defining role. That's mm. why he's stuck with it. Yeah. And I can't see him uh, really wanting to move on at the moment. No. But that would make sense story-wise in some ways if they're all not on Earth much. Yeah. For yeah. Spike to be off doing his own thing in yeah. his own little spider unless, like, unless they do something in Guardians 3 where like it's Adam Warlock. He's got the Infinity Gauntlet after the Infinity War. And he's just... like It's bit sense and power mad, but like he's actually like a good guy at heart. And that takes like all the newer characters to go and stop him or something like that. I was making stuff up because here. Because but... you've also got the, the the other elephant in the room, of course, talking all things cosmic, is Venom. Yeah. yeah. And this plan for a Venom movie. And like it's, you say... That's with, not going to be related, though. So. Well, exactly. And there you go. And a lot of people are going to go, hang on a minute, wasn't that Venom in uh, Spider-Man yeah. 2 back years ago? And and I think Sony are playing a very dangerous game in some yeah. respects. Yeah. With what they plan to do. With the, the whole Venom thing, I do wonder whether it might be their route out of the MCU. Yeah. Bring Venom into that part four of the Avengers, have him come back, and then have Spider-Man be kind of a, a villain. As such, like, a black, like the black suit sort of thing. Yeah, and then that that can launch it off into its own kind of mini universe and mm. keep it away from the main main bulk of the story. 
so that Marvel wouldn't have to have anything to do with it as such. Mm. Mm. I, I just can't see there's any other way of them bringing Venom in than having him yeah. be part of Infinity War or whatever the second part's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, have... I, I, I reckon they should actually have the Guardians go to like the symbiote world and Venom basically like stows away on the Guardians mm. The Guardians go to Earth to meet like I don't know, they go to meet someone or whatever and like it, the symbiote just takes a step off the bus. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That'll work. But yeah, it's got it's a strong because I mean everybody I mean most people who may not be Oracle readers on like myself know who Venom is and, and his background and to have him separate running around separately without any conscious mention of Spider Man, you know, yeah. that's just a strange one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Certainly. I, so, I, well, so, after you, Josh, go for it. Oh, uh, um, I suppose they could always go the ultimate Spider-Man route and just like have him be created in a lab. I mean, th- I thought that was a pretty good enough explanation for like an alternate universe sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and and we can safely say that that even Marvel have really bought into that that ultimate universe, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. It's certainly been the main thing that he's drawn inspiration from. You just have to look at Nick Fury for a start. Well, yeah. Um, Being the the first real incarnation of of anything Ultimates was Nick Fury because Nick Fury was Samuel L. Jackson in the comics. But yeah, with a a nice little eye patch. Yeah. Of course, the other thing... So one of the other thing I was going to say is, of course, the other thing they're itching to get made, of course, is the Sinister Six movie. Yeah, which is strange because they've now come out and said that they're trying to shy away from the characters that have already been used. Mm. Which... There's nothing wrong with bringing back good characters, though. That's yeah. what that's what angers me about Sony. They did um, Green Goblin. Well, they did him well once, and then they, they did Doc Ock brilliantly in Spider-Man Two. Even if they brought those actors back, I would not be bothered. They did a good job. See, that's yeah. my thing as well with it moving outside the MCU. I wanted Norman Osborn in an Avengers movie. Yeah. See, that yeah. that would have been the route I would have gone if they, if they weren't going for this epic space battle now. But obviously that's where it's been right from the word go. It's always been Thanos. That's what it's always been about. It's been about no one else throughout this entire three phases. It's always been about Thanos. And I always felt that the next lot of films should be about what an Earth problem. Yeah. Mm. And Norman Osborn is the go-to villain for that. Because he's practically like... He's practically like the Joker for (laughs) Marvel. He's like the main Earth-based villain. That's the first one you think of. Yeah. I still want to see Craven and Mysterio on the big screen at some point. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. I was. I'm. I'm not joking. I was reading a classic comic the other day of Spider Man. It was one of Mysterio's first appearances. It was brilliant. It was dead cheesy and corny, but that's the '60s for you. That was brilliant. (laughs) It was really good though. I do want to see them. But that's the problem with the tone that they're setting for Spider Man. Craven will not work at all. No. With See, I think he would. I, I think he would. 
if they did them like Steve Irwin or Bear Grylls. Yeah, you know, look like a television kind of hunter type of person, maybe. Yeah, like a reality TV star. Who yeah. Thinks, oh, do you know what? Just for like, take the mech, I'll go and hunt Spider Man in New York. But then he gets his ass handed to him. And it turns him. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. hang on, this is a bit serious now. I'm going to do this guy. Yeah. yeah. That would work. I just, I, the one story that everybody wants from Craven. Yeah, that big yeah. proper one when he goes completely killing everything. The death of one. Yeah, and I just it just will not work with the. No, tone. that won't. That no. won't. But um, Craven himself as a character will. Yeah, I'm sure it would. But then would the fans be happy with them not using the story that everybody wants to see? That's but, well. <laughs> well, put it this way: they've made a talking tree. And a, a, a talking raccoon work. <laughs> so, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they could probably tweak it somehow to make it work. But how they actually go about doing that is, that's their business. So, <laughs> Why do I talk about Craven? I just made me think we can see Spider-Man pop up on Country File at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, so going back, back, back to the spin-offs... I've also heard rumours that it's not necessarily going to be bad guy Venom. That it might ah, be Agent Venom. Agent Venom. Please, oh my god, yeah. Who becomes a bit I've of an read, I've read some of those Do comments. I, yeah, they I don't know much about this. Yeah. You have to film me on this, John. Well, but, um, Agent Venom it, is basically... Ugh, did you ever play like Call of Duty Black Ops? Oh, yeah. A lot of the, yeah it's basically that, except you don't have a team around you and you... You are so OP, basically. But it's really good. Just pop me up and have a look there. Venom. Oh, it's it, kind of right. It's kind of a, an anti-hero, like Thompson. Punisher. Yeah. Thompson's coming up on the search as well. Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. Fast, it? It's, it is Flash Thompson because yeah. each symbiote on the symbiote planet has a perfect um, symbiote relationship with ah, something right. in the universe, and the Venom symbiote's perfect relationship is apparently Flash Thompson. Who's obviously being introduced in Homecoming. Yeah. And I would go and see that film. I would. That I could buy into. Yeah. Hmm. Should we just go to Marvel? Like, should we just, like, take a plane over to America and just say, right, everyone put your pens down, we're writing this now? We'll quite happily <laughs> sell it to you, like, my uh, my random fact. We'd want a bit more than $220 these days. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. We take a couple of million dollars. That'd be fine. <laughs> but, yeah, that that one I can certainly I can certainly see working if they do go down the Agent Venom route. Yeah, definitely. Um, Black Cat is another character I know me and you have talked about it, Tony, that we've wanted to see on the big screen for, for a yeah. while. Yeah, I remember was, Eliza was linked with the part yeah, for a long time. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Felicity Jones got the part. And then mm. nothing happened. Yeah, and then Amazing Spider-Man three got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and she ended up in Rogue One. So. <laughs> well, she I, ended up dead in Rogue One. Yeah, Spoilers. I bet, I bet she's not particularly kicking herself, having seen how much she was charging for autographs and photos at uh, Star Wars Celebration last week. Exactly. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so I'm I'm sure she's not particularly worried about not playing Black Cat. But um, Silver Sable's a character that I don't particularly know a lot about. Oh, this this is my area, this, this is my area. Right, 
I played Ultimate Spider-Man, the game, oh, when, yeah. I was, when I was young. She was so prominent in that, and she was she was practically Black Widow of that game. And she, but she just kicked ass, basically. She was really good. But the thing is, if she was to do a team-up with Black Cat, I think that would be exceptionally hard to get right. Because people don't know that much about her. There's not oh, a she's a mercenary. Lot, well, yeah, but there's not a yeah. lot of content about her. You yeah. see, it's mainly confined to the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, and that only went for like a very, very short run over a long period of time, but it was still a very short run. There's not a lot about her. No, so I'm they'd have to make half casting. of it up. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because, I, as I said, I don't know a lot about her. She's obviously not included in a lot of Marvel's games because they don't own the rights to the characters. Yeah. So it's it's a bit difficult. We'll Correct see. me if I'm wrong, but isn't she at Universal? Yeah, she might she's be, at yeah. Universal with um, Hulk. I'm yeah, sure she is. She might possibly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I not knowing the full story yet about whether it's going to be included in the MCU, I know they're still talking about extending the contract um, after Homecoming 2. Um, I know they've come out and said that the relationship's worked very well. Um, I know Disney have had a lot to do with that rather than it just being out and out between Marvel and, and Sony. I know Disney have kind of been the negotiators between the two. Um, and they're not the easiest negotiators to deal with. We all know that. Yeah. Um, mm. So we'll see. It's, I'm, <laughs> looking, I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes as a character. Um, I'm kind of a bit disappointed that they're, they're now saying that all... Well, at least the two films are all going to be set in high school. They're not going to really age him. Um, yeah, because it's very hard to do that. What Whatever they did to Michael Douglas at the start of Ant-Man, that's yeah. really hard to do. It costs a lot of money, and I don't think Tom Holland will be very appreciative of it. So, <laughs> no. And he's, by the time, obviously, Infinity War Part 2, they're not filming that now back-to-back. -back, well, they are filming it back-to-back, -back, but not at the same time now. Which was yeah. the original plan, um, and then obviously Homecoming Two comes after that, so he's going to be heading towards his mid twenties by that point. So it's going to be fairly difficult to disguise the fact that he's aged. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, come on, he has got a bit of a baby face, but I mean, even baby faces grow up. He has, but you've, you've got to just look at how he's changed since Civil War. Yeah. How the fact that his complete body shape has changed because he's he's old enough now to be able to get through all that weight training. Um, yeah, he's yeah. bulked up a lot, and to be honest, even though it is set a few months after uh, Civil War, you think he'd have at least still had a haircut. <laughs> so, oh. so I think that's that's basically it for that that major subject. There was just a, a couple of news bits that I was I was going to bring up. Um, obviously, we've now found out that. That Cloak and Dagger has been picked up for a full season. Mm. Um, Interesting trailer for that, yeah. Yeah, and the, the, the trailer I absolutely loved. It was completely not what I was expecting. I was yeah. expecting some teen angst series. Mm. It really isn't what I was expecting at all. I, I, I personally don't think it's uh, 
gritty enough. I think it looks quite dark, but I don't think it's gritty enough. Uh, but I will still watch the series. There, there are a couple of nice Easter eggs in there. Though. I've obviously set it in the TV MCU. Um, there's a great shot, I think, of the Roxxon Corporation sign. Yes. On a yes, roof. That's, 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 they're meant to be the villain, I think. Yeah. Oh, Roxxon are the villains in it, are they? Yes. I'm pretty the sure rumor, they are. Yeah. Ah, interesting. So, kind of, it's been set up as a sequel to Agent Carter, really. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, which is interesting. Peggy lives on, Tony. Don't worry, Peggy lives on. Well, <laughs> will we see a cameo? Yeah, exactly. At least they should have given her a mini series to finish that show, off. or a TV movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, oh, so there's that. Um, I believe Runaways is now filming quite heavily. I know James Masters has been tweeting that uh, he was he was on set. Uh, filming his role. Um, yeah. Whether that was just the pilot, I don't know, or whether it was more of the series. Uh, obviously, Inhumans is still filming at the moment down in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which seems like it's a, a bit of a strange story. They're not they're not following the comic books by the look of it. Um, it seems to sound like they've been banished from their own world. Ah. Um, so that's why they're on Earth. Um, so kind of stepping away from the from the stories of the comics, um, we'll say that that's possibly the one I'm least looking forward to the most. Well, that that that's, yeah. that was my line of thought. If they make that work, I'll be exceptionally surprised. Yeah. But I always thought Inhumans would be hard to do because, in my in my opinion, the Inhumans based uh, season of Shield was my least favourite because I thought it was not really handled as well as it could have been. Yeah, no, I agree. And obviously they've already told a huge bulk of Inhuman story and still are. Yeah. Um, even up till this season, they've been, still been telling the same story. So, yeah. so it'll, be, it'll be an interesting one. Uh, I'll, obviously, I'll watch everything, same as I always do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as we sit here... Um, we're, what, two hours away until Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 opens here in the UK? Yeah. So it opens tonight at, at midnight, midnight screenings, I believe. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to see it tomorrow night, but, it may, but car issues aside, means it may be later next week sometime. So. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to see it this week, this weekend, because of the bank holiday. So. Yeah. But I'm really psyched for it, and... And these are and these are apparently five credit scenes that we're yeah, going to get. Five, oh, uh, God, mid and after sit, credit scenes. Sit through another half an hour worth of film. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's all right. We get we get to listen to to our opening song tonight. Obviously, uh, <laughs> bit yeah. of Guardians Inferno while we're uh, we're waiting for those <laughs> credits to roll. And yeah. can never knock a bit of the half. But also, lads, we also get that self-satisfied, smug feeling of sitting there knowing that there's all these scenes coming and these little bits of story that we've seen that some probably some folk probably never, ever see. And yeah. probably still don't know they exist. Yeah, probably not. Those poor, innocent little idiots. Yeah. <laughs> or they probably just watch them online. <laughs> all, those way, all that way back and with uh, Samuel L. Jackson telling uh, Stark that he was part of a bigger picture. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, seems a seems a lifetime ago. Absolutely. God bless Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's the story. Is that when Peter Parker meets Fury, will he say he looks like Mace Windu? 
best dad. <laughs> best dad. Because, oh, I mean, then again, he hasn't, apparently he hasn't seen Empire Strikes Back in the film, so has he seen the prequels? So, mm. that remains to be seen. Yeah, and apparently Tom Holland still hasn't seen Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I will go and educate that man. Give me his house address. Yeah, that makes you feel old, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> and also, we, we I mean, kind I'm of... younger than the guy, and I've seen it. <laughs> then again, I'm a proper nerd, so... <laughs> we also have to mention that, obviously, uh, the Avengers are currently in our vicinity here in yeah. the UK. They're, they're currently filming in Edinburgh. Uh, yeah. I believe they're still there at the moment. They've been there, what, three weeks now? Mm. Um, I believe Elizabeth Olsen's there. Uh, yes, yes, she put a lovely little uh, thing on Instagram today, uh, a bee filter or something from Snapchat, and she was making very, very strange noises. So uh, God knows what was being done to her, but you know. And Paul Bettany's definitely here as well. Um, oh friend yeah, of, friend of mine and Tony's actually met him, I believe, uh, at the weekend while he was in Edinburgh. Uh, oh yeah, Stephen. Um, he he managed to bump into him. I know. He also said that uh, Anthony Mackie's here as well. Um, oh. Filming as Falcon. Um, Tougher to pin down to an autograph, apparently. Yeah, apparently he isn't very keen on taking photos or signing things. Um, but he did, I believe he bumped into the Russos as well. Well, they they were having a tour of the city. Um, other than that, I'm not, uh, not sure of who else is here. I was led to believe Scarlett Johansson was here for a while. And I think Robert Downey Jr. was here for a while as well. Um, very quick, fleeting visit, I think. Um, Chris Pratt, I know, is in the UK anyway. For the yeah, he's doing um, press tour for filming in London as well. So that's why he was here. Because um, I believe Guardian's press today is in Russia. Oh, um, It was only James Gunn. Michael Rooker and Pom, uh, Pom Clementine, I believe that's how you say her name, that plays <laughs> plays Mantis, um, because uh, Chris is now back filming again uh, for Jurassic World. Um, and also, do you know who's done who's done uh, Graham Norton for Guardians too? Because I believe someone was lined up to be on that. To yes, I did it. say, might be Michael Rooker. Let's have a look. Let's pull up the TV, guys. <laughs> They were definitely uh, there was definitely something because I read it the other day that someone was on, and I'm sure it wasn't Chris Pratt. Uh, Whenever Chris Pratt is on Graham Norton, there are some funny stories that go on. Well, on that not, show. Ac- not according to this, according to the shed in front of me, it's Goldie Hawn, Amy Schumer, Orlando Bloom, and John Boyega. No, so so oh, no well, Guardians. Oh well, 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 I'll probably watch it for John Boyega then. I wonder whether Goldie Hawn must be here with Kurt. Yeah. So I wonder whether Kurt might might make an appearance. Maybe he's going to pop on, possibly. Yeah. So, so and I, I think that's it for the, for this episode again. Ah. We filled yep. nearly an hour. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. It tried something a bit different with having a a bigger, meatier subject, I think, um, yep. to get our teeth into. Um, we'll be back next month. Hopefully, Craig will be with us. Um, we're also hoping to have a special guest, um, someone that listeners to Diz After Dark will probably know. Um, again, uh, using our contacts, 
Um, we'll be obviously reviewing Guardians Volume 2. Um, and I think our main subject, we're going to kind of compare the comics with the films, what they've taken out, what they've changed from the comics that they put in the films, what they've done better, and what we'd like to see them use from the comic books uh, in future films. So mm. I hope you'll all come back. And just like to say thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next month. Remember.